Chapter 24 of Women, Children, Love, and Marriage. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Women, Children, Love, and Marriage by Catherine Gascoigne Hardley. Section 3 of Marriage and Other Relationships. Today's Ideas on Marriage. The love story of today differs in one essential way from the love story of yesterday. Yesterday's love story always had a youthful hero and heroine and ended up with the marriage bells. Today's, which is a far harder love story to write, begins with marriage. Moreover, the bride and bridegroom are rarely young, nor are they ravishingly beautiful. Earlier authors, in short, shirked the real problem of marriage. They ended where they should have begun. For the main difficulties, in that always difficult adventure of the two learning to live as one, do not lie in youth, the period of quick adaptation, of easy falling in love. The trouble does not often begin in the courtship or honeymoon days but it comes later in the struggle to harmonize and bend the character to the demands and lessons of marriage, and in the continued effort of maintaining love after knowledge of love has come. There is the difficulty. The preservation of love and all the passion preliminaries are over. Love is now walking around a rose garden in the sunshine. It is living together, working together, and the honeymoon as is trifling of the horse devour in comparison with wedded life, and as unable to satisfy the deep needs of women and men. And the greatest difficulty rests in the fact that very few of us understand what our deeper needs are. Even to ourselves, we are strangers. That is one reason why marriage is always difficult. You see so often the partner one falls in love with does not make a good life companion. It's all very well to moralize, but you can hardly ever be certain beforehand how these relationships will turn out. There is physical attraction and passion, and there's affection, just being pals with each other. Who's to know which is the more necessary, the better for happiness of these two? You ought to have both, but few couples are so fortunate as that. We are almost all of us divided in our desires and our wills as also in our love. The boys or girls today are, I think, more natural. There is much greater openness and less pretense. Even our novelists frankly say that every woman looks with special interest on a well-formed man. There is no convention marking this as improper, the baser side of love. We Victorians were everlasting children in an everlasting nursery. We did not play with love, but we fiercely refused seriousness towards the fundamental emotions. Perhaps that is why we lost the old firm tradition of marriage and its duties, and why we have succeeded in putting nothing in its place. The disease of our wills and the sickness of our souls has rust-eaten into marriage. We are doing nothing because we are too frightened to be serious. We have sought to drown our unhappiness and exhaustion of our souls, to fill emptiness with pleasure, to place the personal good in marriage above the racial duty, to forget responsibility, and in doing so inevitably we have turned aside from essential things. We have missed happiness in trying to grab at it. Cannot you see what is wrong? We are so terribly tired of the search for something that we never find. We are like little lost children. We run this way and that. We cry and make much noise in fear, seeking our mothers. Yes, our adventures are the tricks of the child who fantasies so as to pretend that everything is right when in reality everything is wrong. Love is a dream to those who think, but a terrible reality to those who feel. The frequent and tragic failure of so many marriages arises from a confusion of our values and our undisciplined wills. In one way, we expect too much from love, while in another, we expect too little. What we have lost is any fixed standard of duty. I have said this before. I must say it again. Marriage has ceased to be a discipline. It has become an adventure. It is, little as we may believe it, the search for deeper and more perfect love that so often endangers love. Seeking, always for the one satisfying mate, we must find a partner corresponding in every respect to our ideal. 
the man in Mr. Hardy's novel, The Well-Beloved, spent 40 years in trying to do this, and this ultimate failure is typical of the experience of most of us. Fools and blind, we neither understand nor seek the cause of our failure. We need a new consciousness of our social spirit and racial responsibilities and marriage, the idea of handing down at least as much as we have received. We are the guardians of the life force. Let us honor ideals of self-dedication, of fixed obligations of the one sex to the other, of duties to our children long before they are born, and let us spread the new romance of love's responsibility to life. Then there will be in society in general, and not in a mere fraction of it, happiness and marriage and passion parenthood. End of chapter 24.